0: Hello, and welcome to Two Peds in a Pod, the medical education podcast from the Children's Emergency Department in Derby. My name's Ian Lewins, one of the consultants here, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Dr. Julie Mott. Good morning, Julie.
1: Good morning, Ian.
0: And Julie is one of my uh, ED consultant colleagues, but you're also the named doctor. For...
1: named doctor for safeguarding children.
0: Yes. Um, let's start with that, because we're going to talk about child protection today, and hopefully we'll do a series of podcasts. But just thinking, what does it mean to be the named doctor?
1: So it's a statutory requirement that all NHS trusts have a named doctor for safeguarding children. Uh, so I am here to advise colleagues on, on safeguarding. I also sit on various um, meetings such as Trust Safeguarding Committee. There's named professionals uh, committees for um, the local area as well.
0: Okay. So we're going to talk about a bit about child protection and there are different We sort of categorise child protection in different groups, sort of fairly arbitrarily. But what are those groups? So,
1: traditionally, I think there's always been seen there's four categories of um, child abuse. So, you've got physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, neglect, and emotional abuse. But that each of those categories can cover. Many many forms. So, for example, emotional abuse could cover domestic violence. It could cover FII, but that could also be which is fabricated or induced illness. But that could also be physical abuse, depending on the the um, form of it. And obviously, sexual abuse now covers child sexual exploitation, which has become an increasing problem over the last few years.
0: Okay. So, there's sort is it a slightly old-fashioned way of thinking? I, th- I think so. Right. I think we just have
1: to look at the
0: impact because that's.
1: No matter what the abuse is, you need to look at the impact yeah. on the child. So it doesn't really matter what category it necessarily falls in. It's how that, it's affecting that specific child and what daily life is like for that child.
0: OK. So having said that those categories aren't dreadfully useful, let's look at one category, <laughs> <laughs> which is... So I thought that we'd start with maybe physical, because I guess whilst, you know, you, you would often see an overlap, it, you know... we Often people fall into several categories. Maybe physical is the one that people working in the emergency department are most likely to encounter. Yes,
1: I think in acute paediatrics you're probably right that the injuries and the physical abuse is what we see most commonly.
0: Okay, so let's have a think then. We obviously see lots and lots of children with injuries. We see lots of children with injuries, yes. What are the things that if you're seeing a child that just sort of makes you think, huh... I wonder.
1: This doesn't quite seem right. Yeah. So one thing would be if there is a significant injury and there's a delay in presentation. Okay. Because, you know, if a child, if it's a minor injury, we know lots of minor injuries present after a few days because parents just say, oh, well, just give them some painkillers and see what happens. If they've got a significant injury that's delayed, you wonder why the parents haven't brought this to medical attention before. If the story just doesn't fit with what you're... You're seeing so again. If it's a significant injury, and the parents are telling you they just tripped over, Hmm. um, or if you've got a young baby who parents have said they've fallen or rolled off something, when you know that developmentally that baby can't do, can't do that. So unexplained injuries in non-mobile children are very, very rare. We think there's probably less than one percent of non-mobile children will get an accidental. Injury, so you really need to be suspicious. There is the saying, "If you don't cruise, you don't bruise." Yeah. So any non-mobile child with a bruise, you're going to be very suspicious, and that's actually probably what we see most of when it looks when we look at our safeguarding medicals for injuries. It tends to be in the non-mobile children.
0: Okay, um, and that's where I guess taking developmental history mm. really is important. really important.
1: Mm. And also observing the child. If parents say the child can roll, have a watch the child and see if they can. Wrong.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think watching is really important. As you, as you sort of say, I, I've certainly encountered babies with sucking injuries. Yes, where they've got sort of a bruise on the arm, and parents say, "Look, it's because they suck," and you think, "Well, that seems a bit of an odd." This mm-hmm. is a child with a bruise, and lo and behold, the child then sits and, and, sucks, and sucks right over the bruise. Me, yes. and you think, "Okay, maybe that's okay." Fine. So, does it? F- so, is there a delay? Does it fit? Mm-hmm. Are there sort of types of injuries that you would... So I think when you look at injuries, there's probably three broad types. So you've got your bruises, you've got your fractures
1: and you've got your burns. Yeah. Um, Bruises are probably what we see most. And children bruise in, we know that children bruise in areas commonly. So for example, foreheads, children that fall over in the playground, foreheads, noses and chins on the face and knees and shins. You know, if you've got a toddler who hasn't got a... Um, lots of bruises on their shins. They're probably not a normal mobile yes. yeah. toddler. Um, so lots of bru- so bruises outside of these areas So bruises that are over soft, non-bony areas. Bruises that are outside of the T-zone, as we've described on the face, or over the cheeks and the ears, are really suspicious.
0: Okay. So they're sort of grabbing... Yeah position so chi- type of yeah, bruises on the
1: cheeks you think people have grabbed them. bruises on torsos again children don't tend to mm. to fall over they tend to injure their heads and their limbs
0: okay so that's sort of so bruises in sort of non bony places in funny places should make you think huh, mm. is there something else going yes. on here okay so fractures what sort of fracture should we be concerned about so children
1: tend to fall and fracture their Limbs, yeah. Really. They're the ones we see, you know, we see them commonly in the emergency department. Areas that children don't fracture, so children don't really fracture their ribs unless yeah. they've been involved in really high force, um, for example, road traffic accidents. So rib fractures are physical abuse until proven yeah. otherwise. Um, multiple fractures is suspicious as well. So all children where we have an unexplained injury will have a skeletal survey which is an X-ray, X-raying every bone in the body, looking for occult fractures and previous
0: mm-hmm.
1: fractures. So that would be really suspicious if we then did did a skeletal survey and found old fractures or multiple
0: mm.
1: multiple fractures.
0: Okay.
1: Um, other things are um, metaphyseal fractures. So children tend to break the long bit of the bone, yeah. not the end of the bone. So again, if a radiologist saw a metaphyseal fracture, they would be really suspicious and they'd be on the phone saying, I think this is... Yeah physical abuse.
0: Okay, Um, so that's fractures, Mm. that's bruises, burns. Burns.
1: So the common burns we see are um, your typical child pulling the cup of tea off the coffee table, so a scald to the chest, neck, lower face is very common. Um, We also see uh, grabbing burns, so when children have touched the oven, picked up mum's hair straighteners. So they're the common burns. Burns outside of these areas are unusual. Again, burns to the face and ears would be very unusual. Yeah. Burns to the back of the hand. Children explore the world with their palms of their hands. They don't tend to get burns to the back of their hand. Um, typically, glove and stocking distribution yeah. of burns. So when a child's been held in hot water... Um, with that as well you often get burns to the buttocks if child's been held in hot water but you get sparing of the centre of the buttocks, the so-called donut sign yep. because the middle of the buttocks would be in contact with the cold base of the bath so it's just surrounding, surrounding burns
0: Okay, so there's sort of lots of types of injury, delay in presentation sort of inconsistent story yes. or story that doesn't quite fit yes. with what you're seeing Okay, so there's lots of sort of things for us to look out for now, if I, as the F2 or SHO in ED, see this and I'm concerned, what course of action would you so the recommend? So the immediate action is speaking to the senior senior
1: on duty, whether that's your registrar or consultant, yeah. um, and they need to review the patient. Um, if they are suspicious, then we would escalate to the paediatric team um, and to social care So that a full child protection medical and further investigations could be carried out. So, for example, in the case of lots of bruising, we might want to do a full blood count. We might want to do clotting just to rule out a medical cause because it does happen. We see children with multiple bruises that you're suspicious of, but then you do a full blood count and they've got ITP or they've got a clotting clotting disorder. Um, For fractures, again, we'd we'd be wanting unexplained injuries. We'd be wanting to do skeletal surveys to make sure there's no other fractures So yeah, social care and escalate to the paediatric team for a full child protection medical. Okay, would be the
0: way and, to go. And that's sort of when you're sort of saying escalate to social care. Mm-hmm. You're wanting them to come in. Yes, so you want to, to
1: refer refer yeah. to social care because then they can do start doing their background checks. Yeah. On the family.
0: Okay, and I guess also then important when you're taking your history as well as you know the, the history of the injury and the developmental history is take a family history and a, family, and a social yep. history. Mm-hmm. Because are there other children at home? So if you've got an injury and one
1: child, then you need to start looking at um, the rest of the family, especially if there's a much younger sibling. Mm -hmm. In our general um, guidance is that if you have a child with an injury, then all the other children in the family, especially the younger ones, should also be... Be examined yeah.
0: looking for injuries okay and then that's sort of sitting down with a social worker and somebody who's got training in child mm. protection medicals just come and do and they'll go through the body map and the history yep. and all those and sorts of all injuries yeah
1: bits take and pieces his, okay
0: for social history. um and then there's a discussion obviously policies de- vary between different units but locally we would then have a discussion with whoever's the consultant mm. or call if there was sort of I'm not sure is that where you come in? is that so, where
1: yeah, so then again that 's for, for advice a second a second opinion um you'd be asking you know social care to look into background has there been previous um concerns? Have we seen this child previously with other injuries because again that would all increase your worry and concern about this this child
0: and I guess one of the key points that's sort of arisen from tragic cases is this idea of the jigsaw and making sure that we are we have one piece of the jigsaw which is this injury
1: we need to find out we need
0: to share that don't we
1: we need to share that and find out what other agencies know about this family and it's only when you've got all the pieces of information that you can make an informed decision about what's safe for
0: this child and uh, trainees will often sort of hear of this sort of discussion of uh, think the, the keywords things like strategy meetings and section 17s and section 47s what are those things what's a strategy yeah. meeting So those? here
1: in here in Derbyshire any child that has been admitted with any child protection concerns will have a strategy meeting before they discharge that's what the local safeguarding policies yes. say so that involves the medical team social care um, If it's a young child, the health visitor maybe, if it's an older child, school nurse, the police all coming in, sitting round a table and again sharing our information about what we know and coming up with a safe discharge plan for this child. So no child in this hospital should be discharged without a strategy meeting if there's been any child protection concerns. The different sections refer to the Children's Act. So a section 17 um, is what is commonly known as a child in need plan so the child wouldn't be on a child protection plan they'd be on a child in need plan with the social workers and social care putting more support into this family the section 47 is your child protection plan so any child um with an unexplained injury will social care will start a section 47 inquiry and that's when they're assessing all the data maybe doing parenting assessments while all that's happening depending on the risk perceived risk to the child the child may stay with the family while that's happening it may stay with another member of the the family um, or another member of the family may come into the house to supervise or in extreme cases this child may be taken into local authority care.
0: Okay and I guess important uh, I think sometimes some people who are fairly new to this might feel uncomfortable or uneasy about sort of letting parents know what's going on Would you say it's sort of really important just from the outset to be very upfront and say Mm -hmm. I am worried about this injury and I need to speak to somebody else, or would you do it sort of behind the back? No, a good
1: way is to say this is a, especially with babies, it's a very unusual injury. We need to look closely at this, and most parents know they've seen they've seen the news, they've heard of Victoria Columbia, they've heard of Baby P. They know that what can happen when things aren't picked up, so they're usually quite happy for us. To say, look, we need to look at this further. We need to get social care involved. We need to do further investigations. We're not accusing you at this moment of hurting your child, but we just need to look a bit closely because it is an unusual injury that your child's mm. got.
0: And I think one source of, of really useful help that maybe gets a little bit overlooked is maybe the paramedics or mm. first responders yes. to, to these, because often they will have seen the house. They've
1: seen the. They've seen the home. And situations. think, hang on,
0: there's something wrong. Can can a paramedic refer to social care? Yeah, or so does any, yeah,
1: anyone anyone can refer. Any professional can refer to social care, and we see that a lot when the paramedics refer to social care because social care will then often phone us in the department saying, no, we've got this referral. What's what's happening?" And we can say, "Actually, it's fine. We're happy with the injury." Or we say, "Actually, no, we're worried. We are we oh. are taking this further."
0: Okay. Um, So important to be upfront, important to be honest, important to sort of get a multi-agency approach to these sorts of things.
1: And parents should be aware that you're referring to social care. You shouldn't really refer. There's a few special situations, but in general, if you're referring to social care, you should tell parents you're referring to social care.
0: And I guess in, in my experience, a lot of parents kind of expect it. Yes. are not surprised, no. and I guess if you don't, they'd almost be surprised. And you know, I think most people, as you say, most people are familiar with social care and the need to do these things. Yes. Um, and, and often I sort of say, well, as you say, I'm not accusing you, but I have. We just some need concerns. to look a bit further and it's, into It's this. part yeah. of the standard procedure that I would follow for any child. Yeah. And not picking. So we on have you. leaflets that we give
1: to parents who say, look, this is just what happens when we see these injuries, and parents are usually quite happy that if it's a standard. normal thing to happen they're happy for it to happen
0: great stuff the last sort of comment I'd have Mm -hmm. that having made sort of meetings with different professionals one of the things I've heard a few times is oh you pediatricians you just look for child protection everywhere you're always looking for it You're, you're sort of obsessed by it what would you say to that
1: I think Although people don't want to think about it, parents do harm their children. And if we don't think of that as a possibility, we're never going to recognise it when it does happen. So I think always having that thing at the back of your mind, does this story fit? Could this be an inflicted, non-accidental injury? Then you're not going to miss the ones that are.
0: Yeah. So, you know, better to be safe and wrong yes. than think, well, maybe yes. and, and I'll leave it. So I guess the advice to sort of somebody new to this is if you've got any concerns,
1: speak to your seniors.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you very much, June. Thank you,
1: Ian. Thank you.